0: And we are back with another episode of Upward and Onward Podcast. We are featuring our guest, Zach Levesque. He is the managing director of North Point Bank. He has been a contributor on the Roadshow, the creator of Power Podcast, and also the ring announcer of CES MMA. I myself look at Zach and I see a true born leader. And I also see someone who gives back to the community. An example of that is me being in this space right now. Uh, Without Zach, I wouldn't be here. And I thank him every day for giving me an opportunity to harness my creative spirit and come to this space and give you guys some content. With that, I think if you guys stick around long enough, you might hear Zach's best impression of Bruce Buffer, and we'll get his,
1: it's time! But no Can't, can't say that. Can't he say has that, that trademark. nuh Well, you can. Oh. I can't say that. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. The more you know. Yeah. Well, Zach, thanks for being here. Thanks sure. for allowing me to be here, too. How's it going?
1: It's going great, man. Yeah. You know, uh, I appreciate the input the Intro, and I didn't realize I did that many things, so maybe I should, you know. Maybe, uh, maybe I gotta go, gotta go. Yeah, you gotta go. I think you're busy, you're too busy for me. No, it's
0: all good. I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great to be here, and uh, thanks for joining us. I think what would be helpful is if you could take us back a little bit because now it's 2023, but your journey in mortgage banking mm-hmm. started way before here. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about your experience and some of the things that? you have been a part of.
1: Yeah. So um, mortgage wise, I started in 2003, uh, fresh out of college. I'm a graduate of Quinnipiac University. Back then, you know, it it had a pretty good name, but now Quinnipiac uh, number one hockey program in the country right now. That's right. That's right. That's really cool. Um, And actually my freshman year was the first year that Quinnipiac had a hockey program. in Division One. So very uh, efficient rise uh, to the top for Quinnipiac. But um, got out of college in uh, 2003, a long time ago. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Hey, but um, I got into mortgage mortgage finance in 2003, kind of inadvertently had an opportunity, wasn't sure if it would be the perfect position for me, but yeah. um, learned a lot in a short period of time. And I've, I've been through a lot of ups and downs in the market, Oh seven, oh eight, the financial crisis. Oh, yeah. There's so many ebbs and flows when it comes to finance and mortgages. But Being in the mortgage industry for so long has given me a unique perspective of um, everybody's finances, debt, what to do with money, what not to do with money. And ultimately, I think I was lucky to get into that space because it's really been a springboard for me in the finance and real estate realm to to develop and and do things a little outside of just Mm. my primary, which... As you can see, I kind of have my hands in a couple different things. I can
0: see. Yeah. I don't know. When do you sleep? Do you sleep from like 5 to 6? I or? actually
1: sleep okay, <laughs> okay, but I have a 6-month-old at home, so that's that's, right. um, that's the biggest hindrance in sleep right now. Congratulations! Thank you. But I think sleep's a little overrated, and I'm not one of those guys that is like, hey, I sleep 3 hours, but yeah. – what do you really need? You need six I hours of sleep. You don't six really hours? need that much sleep. So that's fair. You know, I'm a, i am I try to get to bed early enough and I try to wake up early and, and just smash a day every day. I can
0: tell. Cause yeah. I see you up every morning, you know, you're posting content, you're doing your thing. And it's like, before I get up and I'm like, okay, you know, I think this means that I got to get up earlier.
1: Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> it, it wasn't always like that. Um, I, I think sometimes in life, uh, people don't see the signs in life or remember the lessons. And, um a, a lot a lot of my when i have these conversations i talk a lot about reading and how reading has influenced me and just different people's perspectives on life and things that they've been through but um actually getting up earlier has changed my life and it sounds silly and goofy interesting but um yeah. if you look at those high level executives the people that you probably um emulate they they probably Drink less than you. They probably read more than you. They in yeah. pro- me too. Yeah. And me too. Yeah. They probably um, get up earlier than you. Yeah. They probably might work harder than you. Work money. harder than me. Yeah, it's um, fair. So getting up a little earlier was was a big benefit for me. I see. So you Very know, I'm easy. not up at four a.m. Okay. I try to get up by six.
0: Okay. What well, time do you go to bed? If you don't mind me asking.
1: <clears throat> um, I try to fall asleep by ten. So okay. and listen, if um if if I'm sleeping by ten and I'm up by 5.30, that's yeah. seven to seven and a half that's hours. Good, that's right? more than actually most professionals say that you you really need. Interesting. Um, and if you're out there listening and you're like, I, I don't know if I can get up at six, you just have to condition your body yeah, um, and your mind. And, and they say that to form new patterns in life and get used to new things, getting used to new things. I think it's like 22 to 24 days Interesting. before your body and... You know, accepts it, and you can see to build a habit on correct to build a habit. I
0: see. Good to know. Um. So, with being somebody who has, you know, you wear a couple different hats, outside of just maybe not having to sleep that much. What else has been beneficial for you to transpire into this person that just is able to do this and do that and be, you know, present with all those things?
1: It's a good question, and I don't, you know, I don't think there's any perfect answer to that because I think everybody. Um, is different when it comes to life, life balance, work, executing what they need to on a daily basis. But for me, having a more complex lifestyle and and business life and and running multiple companies, um, I really stay present. You say present. So Mm -hmm. I am present um, wherever I am, but I try to stay on task with everything. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I don't need 10 or 15 minutes to veg out or, you know, I have a TV in my office. Maybe I just put the phone down for a minute and just close my eyes for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, there's always time to do things like that. But I try to stay on task. I try not to waste time. Mm. Um, and I I always try to to be present and just just realize that not everything needs to be done that second. I think when it comes to life and it comes to people's Whatever space they're in business wise, yeah. Everything's at our fingertips, emails, texts, direct messaging. You right. know, people ha- I don't have TikTok. I don't mean no. I just have Good. Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> it's just it's just too much for me. Yeah. Um but everything is right there and we just have developed this attitude as a society that everything has to be instant. And you know what? It just doesn't. I agree. Um, And I think that sort of mentality is changing a little bit. And I think it's hurting people and it's hurting relationships. I agree. Um, So I try to take a step back from the device. Yeah. um, And, you know, listen, I I always answer emails, but an email Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be answered in 38 seconds. I agree. So staying on task with what you're you're actually doing at that point is the most important rather than jumping around. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I came in today, I knew there was a certain, uh, certain things that I needed to do, obviously yeah. meeting with you, mm-hmm. I'm meeting with somebody later and actually doing a, uh, a podcast for him as well. Nice. Um, but in between, I have a million things to do. Yeah. So it's just, I, I never get overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, it's almost like if you look back at school, I remember getting overwhelmed with tests or midterms oh, yeah. or finals, right? Oh, yeah. And sometimes I have like nightmares about like oh, I wake I up it. and I'm like, I have that final Cold sweat. Yeah. Oh man. But <laughs> the way that I got through that when I was younger is just taking one at a time. You're taking one thing at a time, compartmentalizing it. So I have to do these 14 things today. Yeah. I'm not going to do all 14 at once. I'm going to do one at a time. Makes sense. Um, so staying on task and just not wasting time. Cause I really, you know, I don't have time to waste. I
0: believe it. I believe it. And thank you for spending some time with us. Of course. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. So, um, Being in the mortgage banking industry, you know, the markets are always changing. And especially now, the markets are rapidly changing, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. How do you stay up to date with the trends? And are there any key metrics that you track to kind of gauge your own perception of the market?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of things that, you know, I try to always watch. And and as much information as I can gather – that's you know, pertinent to the people that I work with, our sales, our operations at North Point, and also our clients, our realtors. Because yep. Realtors are kind of our clients too. Yep. Um, and number one, if you go into my office, and I know you've been into my office, have, yeah. my TV is always on. <laughs> I don't even know where the remote is to control the channel <laughs> because it always stays on Squawk Box on MSNBC. Is that right? Um, I'm a big stock guy. I pay attention to stocks, the stock market. Yeah. And the stock market is a very important piece of you know, finance and mortgage rates, it's all interconnected. That's right. So um, because I'm a stock guy and because I'm a mortgage guy, that always stays on. I see. And people will come in, oh, you should, you know, I love Tiger. Tiger's teeing off. You're gonna, no, I don't have time. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put Tiger on. Wow. Like I can watch it later, but when I'm, when I'm in my office, I'm locked in, Mm. I'm not blasting the volume, but that's always on the back. Yeah. It's always on the back burner. It's always there visually. And if something pops up important. Yeah. I'll pay attention especially if it's related to housing and finance yeah um so to answer your question specifically i'm always paying attention to what the stock market's doing mm-hmm. always paying attention to what the fed is saying unemployment numbers the 10-year treasury generally The 10-year treasury is a good indicator of what's going to happen with mortgage rates. Not always, but Mm -hmm. usually if the 10-year treasury goes up, you're going to see a negative impact on mortgage rates. And conversely, if the 10-year is going down, um, you're going to see mortgage rates come down. But right now, you hear the word inflation. The only thing that I'm paying attention to right now, really, regarding interest rates is inflation. Hmm. Um, Because the Fed's only weapon to fight inflation was to raise rates. Yep. Um, and we're not going to see mortgage rates come down probably until inflation is under control yeah that's the biggest so if you're in the market and you're you know you're trying to play the market which is impossible because nobody knows <laughs> what's going to happen that's right pay attention to inflation and mm-hmm. in any of the reports regarding inflation and whatever Jerome Powell yeah. says for the Fed yeah regarding inflation
0: that's right I've learned that, um, over the past couple of years, I've gotten into investing in stocks myself and especially during the pandemic, you know, just being cooped up in the house and not having many places to go to spend money. Uh, I figured investing in stocks was a good option. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, uh, what Jay Powell, I call him sometimes Jay Powell, Jerome Powell, uh, the federal, the, the chairman of the federal reserve, Yep. uh, what he says is extremely important. I think markets are moving like as he speaks, when he's speaking. Real time. Real time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think if anyone's interested in investing, you know, it's very important to pay attention to what the Fed says, like Zach has said, but also to have your own analysis. Yeah.
1: And Jerome, you know, uh, it's important to listen to Paul when it comes to stocks, but also I will not to get into the weeds of stock investing, um, stock trading. I'm not a day trader, but I do a lot of option trading and, um, I do buy and sell, but just more long-term, uh, positions and moves. The best returns that I've really ever received in trading over the last 15, 18 years are always something that I've either paid attention to, or you look at popular culture, you're just paying attention. Yeah. So sometimes to your point, you know, you have the chart readers and uh, you know, here's what's going to happen. There's an inverted exactly. cowbell. Yeah. You know, all these crazy things yeah. that yeah. that and, and a lot of times it, the chart readers can be right. Yeah. Um. But sometimes it's just paying attention to what's hot, especially if it's a publicly traded company. If if you, your friends or somebody in your life or somebody keeps talking about the same thing, yeah. and it's like, ooh, buzzword. I keep hearing that. Yeah. Look into that company. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a good time to buy. Um. That's right. I've had really good results with stock buys when it comes to that, just yeah. paying Listen. attention.
0: Yeah, I believe it. Um, So if somebody's out there and they're just thinking about investing in stocks, they've never invested before, could you give us three that you would recommend? I know maybe SPY you know, is a great yep. first investment for somebody. But yep. are there any outside of that right now that you think- um,
1: And SPY can... is, that's an S&P ETF, which is basically the index of the S&P 500. That's right. So um, a couple of things. First of all, I'm not a financial advisor. So <laughs> anything that I say cannot be held against me. That's right. Um, these are just my, um, my suggestions. Um, if you're getting into stock trading, I wouldn't go with anything super volatile. Stay away from crypto. Stay away from anything like- you know, the Reddit forums Mm -hmm. and the whole GameStop fiasco. Yeah. That trading wasn't even, it didn't even make sense. I agree. Um, So if you were getting into stock trading, I would concentrate on the the big companies. The companies have been there for a while, potentially companies that pay dividends like a Verizon. Um, It's good to have a dividend and get paid as you own the stock without selling it. So my biggest holdings have always been tech related. Um, Apple and Facebook, Facebook is now meta. Yep. Um, so companies like that, people love Costco. Companies that have um, a good history, they treat their employees well, and they're considered great companies. And also, what what most people suggest, not financial advisors, because it's actually free to do this. Mm. Just investing in the S and P five hundred. That's right. You know the Standard and Poor's five hundred. These are these are your your best companies right now. Agreed. Um, they vet them a lot, and they add and subtract companies from the S and P. Yeah. Just buy the SP 500.
0: That's right. And over time, I think it's safe and a great return. Exactly. Like an average of, you could say 10%, but yep. maybe, you know, it varies around there. Ebbs and of, flows, but it yeah.
1: has consistently made money for the last, what, 50 years? 50 years, years? You know? yeah. It's amazing. Every, almost every year, I think. That's
0: right. That's right, which is amazing. Um, So there you go. If you guys are interested in investing in stocks, a little bit of some experience from Zach and some of the things that he's been into, and, um, you know, maybe you'll be able to uh, make some money yourself. So. Zach, um, I look at you and I see a leader. And I've listened to your Power Podcast episode one mm-hmm. with Ed Cooley, and it was really focused a lot around. Ed the stole that show though. Ed, oh, Ed was like
1: awesome. He is awesome. He's awesome. I, see, you know, much much sharper and smarter than people probably give him credit for.
0: I believe it. What's funny is I've seen him a couple of times and I've never shook his hand. But uh, you know, I've been going down the escalator coming from the Providence Mall, yeah, and he's going up it, and I'll just be like, "Hey, Coach Ed," and he's like. Hey, and I, you know, I see him at Murphy's Pub right here, yep. and he walks in, and this was when they were in the NCAA tournament last year, yep. and I was so excited to see him. I just had this outer body experience where I was sitting at a table with my girlfriend, and I got up, and then he looked at me, and he he must have been with someone
1: else. I wonder what you're gonna do? Maybe. Yeah,
0: he looked around, and then he got up and left, and I was like, okay, you know what? I gotta hang, I gotta chill out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta chill stalker. out. Stalker. Yeah, stalker. So I'm like, <laughs> dang it, did I blow with that Cooley? But. Either way, um leadership. What's your philosophy around leadership? Um what are some people who you've looked to and adopted some of the mentalities of them or some of the things that they do well and some of the things that you've seen that aren't so great in leadership that you've maybe, you know, tuned your leadership style to.
1: Yeah, leadership um you know, I've 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 been around, you know, whether it be somebody that I saw, you know, on TV, I pay attention to stocks, so I pay attention to a lot of CEOs. Um, and even personal experiences, you know, a leader to me, like it, it, when I think of leaders, I think of uh, like an analogy, like front of the house, back of the house. Cause I grew up, I used to work at a restaurant when I was young, really? you know, when I was in college, I was a waiter, busboy, you know, started nice. out, whatever. Nice. Um, and, and they say front of the house, back of the house. So back of the house is they're in the kitchen, That's right. front of the house. You know, a lot of times you have a business owner and front of the house means they're out there, they're shaking hands, they're seating oh, yeah. people, they're putting oh, front yeah. of the house, back of the house. So in my experience, the best leaders are front of the house leaders. Not that they're not doing the things required behind the scenes, but a leader and an owner who is willing to do whatever is necessary to um, give a good experiences to, to his clientele yeah. and even more importantly, willing to do what every other employee that works for him or her does. Mm. Um, I, I see it a lot in the restu- r- restaurant world and a lot of the restaurants that I go to, many in Providence, yeah. um, owners... Greet you. Yeah. We'll put a napkin on your lap. We'll refill your water. Yeah. Um, that's a great sign of leadership. Yeah. They're doing everything uh, necessary and they're also doing everything that they've asked anybody in that building to do, mm. you know, for that company. And and not to make it about restaurants, but that's just leadership in general. Leadership is, um, you know, obviously there's so many things required. You have to motivate people. You yeah. have to, um, you have to teach people, but you also have to make people understand that it's not all about you. It's about the team. It's about everybody, and you have to be yeah. authentic about it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that aren't authentic about it. And you know, there was a story in a book that I read, mm. and I don't want to I don't want to mention who the story was about specifically, yep. but it was about a, a banking executive a long time ago. Okay, and I can't remember. Maybe it was 15 years ago. Okay. And this banking executive had the building was in New York, you know, their corporate offices. Mm-hmm. And the the banking executive, the CEO at the time, yep, he had a separate elevator that he would ride up to his office. Interesting, right? So beautiful building downtown Manhattan, you know, there's probably eight elevators because this this is a huge firm, and yep. all the employees from top to bottom, you know, from um, the the lower level employee to the top, yeah, would ride these elevators. There was one elevator in the building that was only utilized by the CEO, wow. and that really got people upset, and it ended up being almost his downfall, mm. because, and that just shows he was very, he was disconnected. Mm. Um, that's that's putting yourself in a, in a different light and image from your employees. Yeah. And although it's something simple as riding the elevator, it basically speaks so much to that person's character. I'm too good. To ride the elevator with you guys, yeah. So I'm going to ride my own elevator, so that I don't even have to see anybody. Think about that. That elevator would open to his office. He wouldn't even be able to walk through the hallways. Oh wow! You know, part part of a leader, CEO. How about you? You ride the elevator. Maybe hold the door for one of your employees. Right. right. Have a conversation. Walk through the halls. Say hi to everybody. That's right. Um, That and and listen, I'm sure he retired a very wealthy man, but still um, that's not a leader. Yeah. You know, he may have done other things besides that, that have helped people. But ultimately to me, that's a really big indication that you're missing something as a leader. That's right. That's right. And I remember that story that I read in a book and every day, you know, especially at North Point, um, where I run the offices here in Providence, I think about that every day. Interesting. You know, um, it's really important for everybody to feel like they're an integral part of the team because they really are especially if you want to do something special together.
0: I agree. I agree. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's an interesting story. Oh man. If I had and It's wacky. It's it's wacky. It's
1: wacky. it's wacky.
0: it's wacky. I don't like it, but no, I agree. You know, hopefully uh he's doing he's doing well now and maybe I'm he's sure he's okay. Yeah. I'm sure he's okay. <laughs> That's fair. Um so speaking about leadership and I know you've been in positions of management and leadership for quite some time now. Uh, has there been any scenarios where it's been a challenge for you and how you've navigated through that challenge? Uh, can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, mainly as far as you know my my uh, day job with North Point, um, there's so many ebbs and flows in our industry and and if you've been paying attention to what's happened over the last eight or nine months, we've seen the most historic rise in interest rates that I've seen in in my 20 years in the business, um, nineteen years in the business, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, you know as a leader over time, you're required to do different things depending on what's happening in your business, what's happening in the economy, in the world, et cetera. And right now it's really just keeping everybody's spirits up, keeping the energy there and, and making people understand that the the hard work that you do now and continue to do will pay off. It might not be a short-term payoff, but in my industry, there's a lot of people leaving the industry. You know, there's a lot of mortgage people, real estate people walking around with their heads down. Yeah. What does that do? Yeah, How does that help you? Fair. It doesn't. So, yeah. I want to, I want to be that that energy booster, um, which I am, and I come in every day. I am working oh, yeah. harder now than I did two years ago. I believe it. When we did four times the amount of transactions, I'm I am working it. harder now. Yeah. Um, not because it's really. I mean, I guess it is required, but I also want to set an example for my people. This mm-hmm. is not time to walk around with your head down yeah. and just wait for things to change. How about we we make things change I like internally? That.
0: Yeah. yeah, Love that. Love that. Yeah. And I think that's even applicable in the industry that I'm in. I work in the tech sector and I'm a tech lead of a team. So, you know, to a certain degree, I am a leader in my own right. And it's very important because people who are on even my team or outside of it, um, you know, you can feel some of the stress and pressure of just hearing about tech layoffs and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so important to come in with great energy and really have that sense of, companionship, that sense of camaraderie uh, that you can harness in a team so that everyone can stay focused, you know, despite all of the outside factors that are going on, you can stay focused and you guys can execute on your goals. So I'm going to take some of the things that you mentioned and apply them to what I do in my day to day. And I hope that some of the viewers, you also do the same. Um, Thank you for that portion. Sure. So I know that you have been a part of a couple of boards in Rhode Island. I want to ask what inspired you to become a board member? Uh, What's your experience been like? Has it been fun? Is it something that you think you'd recommend to someone else like myself? And um, yeah, what's your overall sentiment?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, any of the boards that I've joined, currently, I'm not on one right now, but it was really, it it had nothing to do with me. It it had to do with helping whatever the company or cause was. And most of the boards that I've been involved with were um, more, not, not companies, but organizations, a lot of them benefiting people trying to raise money. Um, So the biggest thing with getting involved with something like that, it is very time intensive. Yeah. So just make sure that you have the time to do it because otherwise it's not worth it for um, the individuals bringing you in. And it's not worth it for you because, you know, you don't want to put Time or commit to something that you really can't see to fruition. That's fair. you know, yeah. Um, and I've stepped away a little bit from that only because I just didn't have the proper time. And, and the type of individual that I am, like I'm, if I if I'm in, like I'm all in. I
0: can tell, yeah. I so tell.
1: like if if <laughs> right now I can't be all in on those type of things, yeah. and also you know the the personal side, I just had my first son, like that takes a lot of time and energy too. So yeah. guess what. I'm I'm on the board of my son Chandler. Right oh, you now. are on the board. You are the
0: executive board <laughs> yeah. member. The one so, or two, one of two.
1: That he is uh <laughs> my number one focus right now.
0: As you should be. That's a blessing. Congratulations Thank again. You. Yeah. Thank how's you. how's that been especially with, you know, managing all of these different things that you're into and then having a son and, you know, that requires time and attention. Um how do you balance Thanks. And I listened to your episode with Jimmy Birchfield.
1: Yeah. uh, Great guy.
0: Yeah. Great guy. Great, great talk that you guys had here. And um, how do you balance things now, now that you have a child and all that?
1: Well, I think it just, you know, that balance continually changes, and, and there's no, and Jimmy and I talked about it on on that episode, there's no perfect balance in life, and mainly because life just continually changes, and things happen, and bad things happen, good things yep. happen, changes yep. happen, people pop into your life, out of your life. Yep. Um, so really the only, you know, when I knew I was going to have a son, I made some changes personally uh, leading into it, and since I've had a son, um, it's mainly just you know, I, I'm doing more lunches and dinners. I'm trying to be home more. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm drinking less. That's good. Yeah. Actually, this is day 29. I did a 30 day, right. uh, no booze. That's awesome. And I'm not a big drinker, but I just wanted to push it aside yeah. for 30 days just to see yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Um. So it's really, w- w- with him, it's just being home yeah. more, you know? More. And yeah. And on the weekends, we don't plan anything. Interesting, We just yeah. spend time with our son. You know, we might catch a PC game like, Playing Villanova. I was going to ask you that. What do you think? What do you think? Villanova, yeah, PC. We're undefeated at
0: home. Okay, all right. Undefeated at home. I saw the stats recently and I was like, whoa, they've won like every game at home. Yeah, Villanova is
1: not uh, the strong Villanova that we're used to. So um, still a good team, but PC, uh, I think PC rocks them.
0: Is it Jay Wright, who was the coach of. Villanova? Yeah, and he, left. he so left. So Villanova's, you know,
1: a little bit of a rebuilding and okay. that's a big coach to lose. That's right.
0: Let's crush him. Let's crush him tomorrow. Boys. I think we will. Let's I do think it. we will. I uh I have a question. When you think about the building that the Providence Friars play in, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Loud. Okay. When you think of the name of the building, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, it's it's Amp now. Yeah, it is.
1: Um but
0: i think of the dunk. I don't know. That's all I know. Yeah, known. I
1: mean, well, I I actually, it's funny that you bring this up because I was thinking, <laughs> I think Amp will resonate. Yeah. Um I just think you've been saying the dunk for so long. So long. And the dunk is cool, but I have to say, Amp is a pretty cool pivot, right? Yeah, that's the fair. The Amica, Amica Mutual Pavilion, like Amp. I, I think that. I think in two years, yeah, it's going to be the Amp too. I like that. I it like Just that. needs to resonate a little bit. That's fair. I'll let it. I'll let it. But steer. if it was like, if you know, I think they needed to transition to something that made sense. That's Amp true. is pretty good i like because it it had to be amica right yeah Amica mutual yeah yeah makes sense
0: i like that i like that a lot and that's
1: a plug for amica yeah plug for amica need to be a sponsor i think so
0: come on give us something over here (laughs) (laughs) so zach um you recently announced that you are now the ring announcer of ces mma and that's a super exciting opportunity you know on saturdays me and my friends i'll shout out to john alsfeld john jez uh we've been watching ufc for quite some time oh yeah yeah it's a great sport and um now that you're the ring announcer, how did this opportunity come about, and um, what excites you about
1: it? So Jimmy Birchfield Jr., who you mentioned before, um, he's he's the principal owner at CES MMA and boxing. So there's you know there's two divisions. is the MMA and the boxing. Full disclosure, I'm probably more of a boxing fan, mm. maybe. Um, I was really into Floyd Mayweather, mm. his career. I've actually been to two of his fights in Vegas, really? which was what an experience did to see him. Did he get touched?
0: I mean, the guy's like... <clears throat>
1: I saw him uh, against Madonna. <laughs> okay. Um, he was, he's just like, and I was very close at that fight. I got a very close wow. ticket. That's super cool. It's, he was like um, otherworldly, just his yeah. reactions and just, yeah. it's, it, it's, it sounds silly, but it was hard to explain. Yeah. Just a different type of athlete. Interesting. Um, so I do love MMA. Um, and, and probably right now I'm just as into MMA as I am to boxing because I'm obviously intimately involved now with MMA, but Mm. Jimmy who owns a promotion, um, they needed a backup announcer. Okay. Um, just because they only had one. If somebody gets sick, you know, what do you do? Makes sense. So he reached out and he knows that, you know, I'll. I'll get in front of anybody. Yeah. I'll grab them and I'll talk. <laughs> that's just that's just my personality. And yeah. what's funny is when I was in college, I used to sweat profusely if I ever had to get up and speak in front of anybody. <laughs> well,
0: I hope you haven't seen me sweat too much.
1: <laughs> I, no, I haven't. But I was su- very, very um, concerned when I was young to speak in front of people. So, yeah. complete opposite now. But yeah. he called me up and said, "Hey, I need a um, I need a backup announcer mm. um, to, to do the first couple fights every night for MMA. Um, I think you'd be good at it. What yeah. do you think?" And I was like. I don't know if I'd be good at it. That's but fair. Give me the mic. I'll try it. Hell yeah! So just like with anything I do, I did a little research. Um, I was like, you know what? Let me put a tux on. Yeah, I'll put a tux. I'll get the tux press. I use my wedding tux, <laughs> <Did> um, <you? laughs> and the rest is history. No, I had listen. I had a lot of fun with it, um, yeah. and I used to go to all the MMA shows locally too in the Northeast. Mm. So it, ge- it it gives me an opportunity to to get backstage mm. to appreciate the sport that I love more, to also learn about the sport more, and mm. Interestingly enough, when they recently asked me to become the head announcer and do the main events, which I'm really excited about, because I've never done a main event fight yet. And, you know, I always wanted to go a little insane in the cage, but you you can't do that on the prelims fights. Yeah, you don't want to. You can't start shaking cages and everybody's, you know, (laughs) but, um, But uh, interestingly enough, I decided to start Brazilian jiu-jitsu training. Really? I'm doing it with Matt Santos, who's like a local legend, fourth degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's right. And I'm not doing it to fight, but I wanted... This is my personality. I wanted to understand the sport more. I wanted to understand what it feels like to get
0: your neck cranked I've never had my neck cranked, so I can't speak to
1: that. So I wanted to immerse myself more in the sport and give and pay homage and respect to the combatants that are just putting it all on the line. That's right. Um, being that close to the sport, I've been able to realize like how hard it is, the sacrifice, and it's a really cool thing to see. So, you know, shout out to Jimmy Birchfield Jr. and CES MMA for giving me the opportunity. Yeah. The, the first show that I have, the main event, is at Foxwoods on March 18th. Okay. And i'm I'm yeah, gonna go a little yeah, nutty all right bit. i'm gonna be there i, I don't care to i'm there. just gonna you know you don't care who's there you if it comes care. off goofy it comes off goofy but <sighs> hey. i'm gonna i'm gonna reach down as and, you and and get at it as you should yeah
0: that's exciting i can't wait i'm excited i hope that if anyone's viewing this prior to then i mean i'll see you there and come say hi you know yeah, come yeah. say hi
1: come say hi to me too just yell through the cage <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's great um that's really cool. That's so, so, so... Yeah, it's fun. It really is. So I have fun. I have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I believe it's it. It's not even a job, you know? That's that's, a, that's yeah. a thing,
0: too. It's not a job. It seems like it's just a passion or a hobby, and it's transpired into something that you've just been able to have fun with. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, thanks. So,
0: you know, I didn't know you maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. but from a glance, I was able to see a lot of the things that you do, but also that you're somebody who is creating content. And not only yourself, but through following North Point Bank PVD on Instagram, I am able to see other LOs and other people who are also utilizing the space, creating content for themselves. Mm-hmm. Outside of even that, I was able to see that the Power Podcast Instagram account, you have been for quite some time saying, hey, if you want to start creating content, I have space here and you can utilize it for free. Yeah. <laughs> so what has motivated you to begin creating content and what do you think is maybe beneficial from doing so?
1: So the content, you know, obviously if if you're trying to grow business, you grow your business, or you want to get some content out there to help people, like there's so many ways that good, positive content can benefit people, individuals, businesses. Um, in ours, you know, it's North Point Bank. It's, it's potentially realtors and home buyers that we're trying to reach because we provide the financing. But, um, you know, the, the podcast... Podcasts are a hot topic now. A lot of people are creating <laughs> content and it's the barriers of entry are not too crazy, but the biggest barrier of entry is having a space to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I decided that I was going to do a podcast um, and I started looking around, there's really n- not many options in the state. In yeah. fact, I only found one. Wow. Um, so that's why I decided to open the studio in our office mm-hmm. um, because I knew if it was in my office on the same floor, I would be able to utilize it more. And as I went through the process and the expenses of setting it up, yeah. I realized why there's not more podcast studios because <laughs> it's almost, you know, it's it would be very hard to make money on a podcast studio. That's fair. So I decided, you know, hey, it's sitting here, why don't I open this up to content creators because ultimately that's my attitude with everything and I think when it comes to resources like I think people need to share more. That's fair. Um, and what good would this studio do if it just sat here dormant for 30 days doing nothing? That's fair. Um, You know, a lot of people reach out, and it's not that I censor people, but I make it very clear. Listen, if you're using the studio, positive messaging. That's right. Like, it should be, you know, whatever that message is, whether I agree with it or not, I could care less, but Mm -hmm. let's be positive. Yeah. Do something that helps people. Yeah. Create content that helps people. Yeah. If you have something you need to get off your chest, create the content. Yeah. Um, so there's so many benefits to creating content. And what what I didn't realize, I initially had like a podcast journey where I wanted to create a podcast. It's very difficult for me to continually produce content with everything going on in my life. Mm-hmm. So this kind of pivoted more into me creating content, but it's more of kind of like a pay it forward studio for people yeah. And I get much more joy out of it, to be honest with you. Like, I'll continue to create podcasts, but I just don't have the time to do them, That's you know, three, four, (laughs) five. Because it's really, you know, you you have to do multiple podcasts a month. I don't have the time for it. But what makes me happy is that others are creating content in here. You know, and even like a a, a younger guy like you, Mm -hmm. good energy, um, you know, this was kind of the springboard for you. Yeah to release your podcast and i'm happy that i was able to in the studio played a role yeah and you getting content out and this is good this is good stuff thank you, you know? thank you thank you so hopefully much. others see it and they, and they reach out and yeah. you know again I, we don't charge anybody to I use know, this space which is
0: crazy yeah. i tell my friends and they're like oh so how did this come about and oh so how much is it, it must be expensive i'm like i don't even want to tell them I'm right. like
1: so, if- for some reason it doesn't resonate with people because yeah. everything that whenever you hear something's free it's like nah, nah, you not know? no yeah yeah like I'm in here selling candy when something... You must there. be. You must be. All right. You got to buy the Girl Scout cookies on the way out. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great. Um. So with that, you know, podcasting and content creation, I've also seen that you've had appearances on the roadshow mm-hmm. and you've been a contributor there. What is that like? You know, How do you get to a place where you're a contributor on the roadshow and what's your experience has been like?
1: So that started uh, years back and somebody asked me to go on as paid promotion. So we went on... And it was taped. Um, I had a good experience with it. This was probably six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it was different type of content. And they liked the real estate aspect. They liked the finance aspect. So they asked they asked me to come back. Um, and I didn't do it live for a long time, mainly because you know, you think live TV, what if What if what I if say I, something crazy, man? Yeah, what if I <laughs> what get if, out of character? Or, or what or what if I just like- <laughs> Just black out. Black or, out, yeah. you know, <laughs> and don't say anything. So yeah. I did it for a couple of years and then I said, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna go live, I'm gonna do it. And for the last year and a half, I've been doing it live and nice. it's really cool. It's cool to see what goes into it. It's cool to see um, the sets, the production of it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's been really fun. And, and for me, doing things like CES- and the live announcing, especially when it's uh, featured on Uf- UFC Fight Pass, which a lot of their fights are, I know yeah. thousands and ten th- tens of thousands of people are watching. Yeah. Doing things like the Road Show Live have helped me really take an opportunity like that and say yes to it. Mm-hmm. Because maybe if I was asked that four years ago, I would have doubted myself and said, Hey, I don't know if I can execute that live. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, opportunity, if, if opportunity is there and it makes sense and I can carve out enough time to do it, yeah, I'm doing it. And that's always been my attitude. Like, you know, um, take every meeting, mm-hmm. you never know what can happen from a conversation. True. So I'm always all about that. Like I'll talk to anybody. Yeah, same. Um, you know, somebody reaches out and Hey, let's get lunch. I want to pick your brain. I want to talk. Like I've always, I've always been great. Yeah. Let, here's a couple dates. Let me know what works. Yep. Um, you know, and when you hear the, hey, I'm too busy, sorry, mm. that doesn't sit well with no, me. I agree. I you agree. know, yeah. nobody's too busy. It's just, um, just say, you can just say no. Yeah. It, it doesn't interest me. Yeah. But um, the too busy thing, I have a hard hard time with that from people.
0: I believe it. Uh, questions. So one of my good friends, Tim Wheeler, uh, he always asks me questions and he and I, we hold each other accountable. Mm. Uh, actually, every week we meet and we talk about things that Great we friend. want to do. Great friend. Uh, he also just welcomed the sun. Congratulations again. But um, he always says to me, He'll ask me a question, and I'll be like, um, maybe I'll do it, maybe I'll not. And then he's like, well, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say that you're a firm believer in that and, like, being gung-ho about what you want to do and just, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no? Or would you say there's room for, you know-
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, I would generally agree with that, but I also think it, you know, think it's timing. Like, you could say no to something just because you know, and I look back at, I only say yes to things I know that I can execute. So mm-hmm. I might say no to something because it's a timing thing, or I think that I can't put enough into it that's required mm-hmm. for both sides. Um, generally, I do agree because mm-hmm. I don't, I know personally, I'm not doing anything unless I look at it like, you know, if, 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 um, if a car company's making cars, like they, they have a certain uh, quality required, they're not going to yeah. produce cars at a level below it. So mm-hmm. Push it aside. Makes Um, sense. I'm definitely an an all-in type of guy. And having that mentality, if you really are a hell yeah and an all-in type (laughs) of person, you have to say no. That's fair. And some people can't say no. I know a lot of people, well, let me, like, like, it really is, especially when you get older and you have a lot of things going on, it it should be yes or no. Or, Mm -hmm. you know what? Give me 48 hours. I'll get back. That's fine. You don't need to answer things, you know.
0: And I think that's important. That's something that I'm going to take away from this conversation. And maybe some people who are listening will too. You know, you can be asked something or somebody can send you a text or a message. Uh, We are so accustomed to this instant gratification or this instant response. Maybe it's best sometimes to just take a second, you know, think about yourself, what you can commit to, and then go forward with those exact things. So
1: yeah, not to be emotional and you know, mm. you might be having a bad day and somebody asks you something on a Monday mm. and you react differently than if you got that same text or call on a Wednesday. That's right. That's why sometimes you have to take a step back, breathe right. a little bit and and you really can't let, you know, emotion get into it. And I think one of the things that we didn't touch on, but I do think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the reading aspect and mm-hmm. things that I've learned from books one of the biggest takeaways that I've ever gotten from any book um, has to do with the the Four Agreements. A book that I would absolutely recommend anybody listening. Um, I can't promise that you'll like it. It's a little bit of a um, abstract type of thinking book, mm-hmm. but it really just talks about um, people and you know so many so many people in this world are get offended by others and things that they say. Think about the last person that you were mad at, right? Yeah. Can you think about that? I can immediately. Okay, yeah. we, will, we, we will talk about no who No names. Yeah. All right, so think about that situation. Yeah. Somebody pissed you off, right? Yep. And it, w- it was by their actions, right? Yep. Okay. So the teaching in this book is basically this, and it's so simple, but if you can grasp it and apply it to your life, the rest of your life will change. Hmm. So let's take a step back. That individual that did something to you That got you upset. Mm -hmm. It's still in your head, right? Oh, yeah. And when did it happen? This week. Okay, this week. The teaching in this book is this. Whatever is done to you, whether somebody says something to you, somebody does something physically to you, somebody hurts you mentally, whatever it is, the actions that occurred were from their perspective and it came from their side. So although it affected you, everybody is living their own life, dreaming their own dream, They decided to do that, and it was their actions. It wasn't necessarily something that was done personally against you. Those were their actions that they put onto you. That makes sense. And it talks about not taking things personally. Yeah. So in other words, you got pissed off because of the actions but it was their actions. It had nothing really to do with you. You were affected, but everybody has their own perspective on things, their yeah. own way to deal with things. And maybe I didn't explain that like perfectly from no, the book, I, I but that's did. like the main teaching. Yeah. It just don't take anything personal. I like it. That's just, so fair. And you can make the decision just to say, hey, if it was a big enough thing mm-hmm. that makes you upset so that you don't want that person in your life... Mm-hmm. Get them out of your life. That's fair. Get them out of
0: your head. That's so true. And, you know, I think that's important for people to think about sometimes uh, because, like you mentioned, everyone is living their own lives. They have all of the things that are going on from their day-to-day, their family, exterior things that could be happening, you know, and um, it's really interesting how sometimes something can be said to you and you you perceive it one way and the way that someone else said it to you. Uh, they perceive it a different way, and all of these things that um, people end up do taking personally. But it's really important, like you're like you're saying, to just not take it personally. Think about how you know that's their action. It's not necessarily it's their life, their action. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's not you, it's them. <laughs> and, and
1: they could have been affected, and and that's not even like a, a blame place. Yeah, they they could have been affected in their life by something which caused them to act or do something that's outside of their character. That's right. Again, it doesn't mean you need to call the person up and say, "Oh my God, I, like." Yeah. You take take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Maybe that person isn't good in your life, but ultimately you need to understand it wasn't personal. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. You know? I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about being in the mortgage banking industry. We've talked about being a leader, that you are a natural born leader. At least from what I can tell, I, I can wholeheartedly say so. Um, we've talked about how you've given back to the community, and the proof of it is me being here. Um, but You know, CES, MMA, ring announcer, contributions on the roadshow. Outside of everything that you do that has to fall into the bucket of quote-unquote work, what are some of the things that you like to do in your free time?
1: Well, right now it's spending time with my son, Um, you know, spending time with my family, my wife, my son, and um, I'm actually a very, very passionate skier. I grew up skiing at a very young age. Um, I used to teach skiing actually at Yahoo really? local place. I used to teach little kids how to ski. Oh, wow. Um, so w- when, I'm, when I'm not working, I'm trying to be up North in Vermont, you know, nice. skiing and spending time with my family. So, you know, I'm a very on off type of person, meaning, you know, if I'm in the office, like w- whatever time I leave today, it's a Friday, yeah. um, you know, I pay attention to my phone. I pay attention to email on the weekends because I'm in real estate and sometimes things come up, but I'm a very on off person. When I'm out of the office, I'm off. That's fair. I'm back home. My phone's away. I'm paying attention to my family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what are we doing this weekend? We usually Mm -hmm. go on Sundays, take my son to lunch. Nice. Um, so I really try to, um, to be in that moment and, feed my personal life. Because I think the biggest misconception people have in life when it comes to, you know, maybe even business and success is, well, go for business at, go for success at any cost, Mm -hmm. give up everything that you can, work 26 hours a day. yeah (laughs) And then once you reach success, then go back, then your life is gonna be great, right? Yeah. Then you're gonna be able to do A, B, and C, travel, buy this, cars, all this oh, yeah. stupid stuff that really doesn't mean anything. That's fair. It's actually the opposite. Mm you have to get your life in order, your life balance in order, your priorities straight. You have to make good decisions mm. and you can still build your business while you're doing that, but you'll never really truly t- attain the success that you need or want to without having a balanced personal life and lifestyle. Mm. So to me, you have to build that first and that will feed your business growth. Mm. A lot of people do it the opposite, the, the opposite way. Yeah, I agree. That's a mistake.
0: That is, that is. And I've, i realized that especially with, um, even some of the hobbies that have moved into, you know, this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, I think, they wait. They say, oh, I want to start a podcast. I want to do this or that. Um, and they say, well, I can't do that. I have a nine to five. You know, it doesn't make sense. Um, I'll wait till I don't have a nine to five. Once I'm, you know, really established and I have the time to do it, that I'll start something. But I think it makes so much more sense to get that, that thing that you want to do going yeah. while you have, you know, your other thing already in the works. You know, uh, don't wait for something to change to actually do what you want.
1: And that's, and that's, listen, that's a great lesson. And and that's the main reason why you see people all over in different phases of life and different phases of success, whether it's business life or, you know, family life. And that's probably the best lesson you can have, especially if you're listening. And, you know, there's, there's always this thing in the back of everybody's head, whether it's one thing, two things, three things that they've wanted to accomplish. And at the end of the day, it's, it's up to every one of us to execute if it's really that important. And I think the biggest mistake people make is waiting, waiting, right. You know, (laughs) I, I, you know, I look at, um, people will ask me like, Oh, you got so much going on and how do you, and I'm like, I don't don't know. Like, you know, you just make it work. Yeah. Um, and, and when, when I started to, to go out and do all these other things besides my primary, I would always think to like an Elon Musk Mm -hmm. and, like what his day must be. Oh, like. I can only imagine. You know. Yeah. So if I feel tired, I'm like, I literally just think of a guy like him, and I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, he, he might sleep an hour and a half a day running five companies. Right. Um. You know, obviously just acquired Twitter. That yeah. was was a little bit of disaster. Oh man, I think so he's too. he's been quiet a little bit, which I is know. probably good for him. It's better. It's yeah. better for him. But um, <laughs> I think about his day. So if I'm ever well, like, uh, I, oh, I pounding my chest, I got yeah. a lot going on. I'm like, yeah. dude, never. How does Elon Musk how get does through he today? Yeah, that's that's the, Oh my god. You know, if so you true. think about that. So like when when you think about um you know, people that either want to get out, do a podcast, create mm. content, open a second business and mm. they're just waiting and sitting around for what? For what? Millions of other people have done it. Exactly. Not to say that it isn't special, but you can do it. I agree. It's just the execution. Do it. Just do get it. up and do it. And do don't it. and don't think about it. Like sometimes when I when I'm when I wake up and I'm like, it's six twenty and I gotta go to the gym and I'm mm. like, Oh this <laughs> sucks. I don't feel like it. literally I shut my mind off and I just get in the car and I just don't think about it. And sometimes that's how you have to be in life. Like if there's something in the back of your head, you want to do, forget thinking about it. Just do it. Go through the motions and execute. Stop thinking about failure. Stop thinking about, I don't have enough time. Stop Mm. thinking about all of that. I'm tired. Lock it out. Do it. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Please,
0: if you're listening and you have something in your mind that you've been thinking about, And you think it's a good idea. It's good for you. It might be good for the people around you. The only thing I'm going to say is do it. And I know you know this already, but do it. Simple lessons, man. Do it. Okay. We've talked a lot about work. We've talked about some of the things that you like to do outside of work. We're going to close now. Um, One question that I have for you is, has there been anyone who's been really influential in your life? Uh, This could be a person or this could be even, you know, a, a book or... Just anything that has happened or um something that really has inspired you to become the person who you are today
1: um that's a multi leveled uh mm. question and 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 answer so a, a couple of things I absolutely have mentors um and anybody that's successful that says that they don't have a mentor yeah. is is definitely lying <laughs> um so I've had a couple you know a business mentor, as in my boss right now, Ralph Vidiello, he's an executive at North Point. Um, somebody that has taught me the importance to have a have a balance, you know, work hard but also enjoy life, mm. not just accumulate enjoy and to me, as I've become more successful, the one thing that he's taught me is you have to live, you mm. can't put it all away so i I try to have a nice balance of working hard, saving money, but also spending money and not yeah. not on luxury items, yeah, yeah, vacations, yeah spending time together. Um, yeah. I acquired a property in Vermont last year, a ski condo, and that was a life goal of mine. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, and you know how many memories we have in a year and a half in I the Vermont condo? I mean, we have 12 people going up next week. Like, yeah. that's why I did that. Yeah. Um, so I, he taught me how to live, not just work. Um, Jimmy Birchfield that we, we mentioned earlier, um, he's an attorney and he owns CES. He owns multiple companies. Okay. Um, he was a really good life mentor. For me when when i was younger and and single didn't have kids didn't have a wife mm-hmm. he had he was running multiple companies great father great husband he was just like um he had the perfect life as far as i was concerned in balance and everything yeah so he was a huge mentor mm-hmm. um and supporter and you know i cherish the conversations that i've had and he's helped me probably more than he even realizes yeah book wise um the Four Agreements and The Alchemist. The Alchemist is a very, very abstract book. You have to read it a couple times, but yeah. the teaching of The Alchemist, and I'm actually reading it again for the third time. Nice is is to go after. He call, they call it a personal legend, but it basically teaches the you know the fact of life is it's very short, and most people don't attain. What they really want to out of life because they don't take the risk and they don't pay attention to, you know, the signs and the surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big teaching for the alchemist. Where, um, you know, if something's that important to you, yeah. then go for it. Yeah, Hell that's yeah. it. Um, so those books, those mentors um, were were really influential. And I'm still at this point, like I still need to grow. There's still more things I want to do. So I'm still just really trying to pay attention and focus on keeping everything tight balanced and I probably use a balance word five times it a makes day sense though. because yeah. you know that's the only way that I could handle the business side yep. if my life if there's balance and it's just like continuity continual flow that's right work into business work you know that's right I'm um, in taking time off right? right everybody has these I gotta work 22 hours ah. a day forget that yeah, yeah. you know I forget so that too. yeah I, I appreciate that. you gotta work hard but you also have to live I
0: appreciate that I look at you and I see you I think, you know, oh, my God, Zach's up. He's already up. He's doing this and this and that. <laughs> and, you know, he's he's this guy. He's this guy. He's this guy. He's this guy. And for you to say, you know, it's important to take some time off. Yeah, you. I'll be
1: off. I'm taking next Thursday and Friday off because we're going good. up to Vermont skiing with my family. Good. It is what it is. Good, good. You know, I'll pay attention. And I'll be there if needed. But, yeah. listen, if you can't take a couple of days off, then you don't have your life and infrastructure set up correctly. That's fair. That's fair. Got to take time. That's fair.
0: I love that. Um, last question. Mm-hmm. So... Somebody who is either starting out in their career and they are saying, oh, I'm not sure what I want to do. Maybe mortgage banking sounds inter- interesting to me. Um, and they come across a guy like you and they say, okay, wow, he's done a lot. Uh, he's still doing a lot. I want to be like him. What advice would you give to someone who maybe wants to take the same journey as you?
1: Mortgage banking, um, it's hard because you just have to go through the reps and you have to gain the experience. I think in my field, having an understanding of how economics and finance work, um, is super, super important. And the other piece as, you know, social media, marketing, branding evolves. And as we've seen how much it's evolved since we all have phones at our fingertips, understanding how to promote and market yourself is almost as important so if you want to get into banking mortgages um number one study immerse yourself understand finance put on squawk box like i do every single morning pay attention pay attention to stocks finance the fed eat sleep and breathe you know real estate real estate is fun yeah you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about it and number two have an understanding and have the ability to market yourself you put all that stuff together yeah and you know, you're an outgoing person, you know how to network, Yep. you're going to knock it out of the park.
0: Love that. Love that. Well, hopefully that's been really helpful for anyone who is out there and interested in mortgage banking or just being a person who wears multiple hats, is able to be there for their family, be there for themselves, be there for other people. Um, this was awesome. This was great. And I thank you so much for giving me an opportunity just to come into this space, get to meet someone like you, you know, uh, and some other people who I hopefully will meet and you guys will meet too. Um, With that, we're out of here. Thank you so much, Zach. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.